Brought to you by Feitner Productions. It's remote. It's remote. Hi, my name is Sean Landry, hopeful executive director of the Ledge Theater. What's the Ledge Theater? Well, the Ledge Theater is a operated and owned African American hopeful theater in Los Angeles, California. A full theater filled with music and dance and laughter. Our goal with the Ledge is to have some of the best teachers and instructors of color and from everywhere teach at our theater. So if you're interested in making this dream come true for African-Americans and people of color in the LGBTQI community to have a space where all of us can perform and play, go to our website at www.theledgetheater.com and hit us up on our Kickstarter. For some people, flop means failure. Others think it's a reference to Dick Fosbury. For lawyers, the only real flopper is Justice Benjamin Cardozo. Beyond Unreasonable Doubt and Verboten Productions present Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc, your host. That's me. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, the Internet's most bespoke edutainment legal podcast where we spin the vinyl of hairy old chestnut legal cases under the disco ball of live comedians jamming on the hot mic who will improvise a completely made up comedy live in recorded and edited format. So it's not really live. Then we'll remix it all and mash up some serious answers to silly questions. I'd like to introduce my guests today. First, on our show for the first time, but I feel as if we know each other already. He started his legal career as a lawyer, a real lawyer, at a truly ginormous, truly global, real law firm. The same one as your host, in fact, to be precise. But he got serious about comedy and became a stand-up and a professional comedy writer. Now, when he's not busy creating the freshest comedy that you can get, he helps non-recovering lawyers get a fresh start in his profession as a legal recruiter. He's the host of our Rival Law and Comedy podcast, Before We Go Fisticuffs Toe-to-Toe, called Legally Insane, available everywhere on the internet. And he's here today to bring the law and comedy mixture to a new level. Please welcome, for the first time, Mr. Matt Ritter. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, I, first of all, I didn't know I had a rival. I, I think you have to be aware of a rivalry. There could be a rivalry. <laughs> Secondly, um, you know, I, I was kicked out of the legal profession. So that's why I'm committed. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> they, you had to be doing something right to get kicked out. I got to tell you that. Um, I'm working on that same goal myself, to be very, very honest. Um, next, she's a returning guest host, our most frequent guest host, actually, of them all, I think. And she's actually got the highest, uh, most downloads of any episode that we've put up. So uh, she is the, uh, bringing the, the followers to this show. She is an improviser, comic actress, fan of all things Disney. She's the host of the Smash podcast, Super Squirrel Conversations, and the brand new juggernaut, Guide for Clueless Rich People. She's a founding member 
of the amazing internet-based comedy ensemble, You're On Mute, performing live on Mondays around 7 p.m., sometimes 7.30, sometimes 8, sometimes not at all. You can't say her name without saying Cat, the inimitable Kathy Eller. Thank you. And I have two cats, too. <laughs> and your cat's names are? Jafar and Gibbler. Gibbler. And Gibbler, is that a reference to Full House? Yeah. Because oh. he acts like Kimmy Gibbler. Like, he's <laughs> a neighbor. It's a boy, but is he, he acts like Gibbler, yeah. He's annoying? Yeah, he is. That's, my, that's the main trait I remember about her. Is <laughs> that's annoying. the main thing. She's like sticking her nose in everyone's business, I believe. <laughs> And uh, yeah, um, yeah, this episode of Laying Down the Law is brought to you by the law offices of attorney Steve Gorman, a.k.a. the Law Tiger, appearing live Saturday, July 4th at the Anaheim Convention Center. Sunday, 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 July 4th. Independence Day. At the Anaheim Convention Center in Anaheim, California. One death match is taking America by storm! In this corner, Monster Truck, the Arbitrator. And in this corner, retired amateur boxer, attorney Steve Gorman, the Law Tiger! A fight to the death! Hi, I'm attorney Steve Gorman. The Law Tiger, formerly known as the Law Shark. Law Shark! Shit. Tiger! Until I was sued for trademark infringement. Cease and desist! If you've been injured in a serious accident, like I have been several times, then you need a real fighter. El Tigre Lega! On Saturday, July 4th at the Anaheim Convention Center, I will personally fight a monster truck. The Arbitrator! To show you I'm a real fighter! Man versus Machine! I'm a retired amateur boxer and I'll fight for you! Saturday, July 4th in Anaheim, California at the Anaheim Convention Center! Anaheim, Anaheim, Anaheim! You'll see what a real fighter can do July 4th! God bless America! Is that real? <laughs> no. So today's case of the week involves an important law school doctrine, assumption of risk. And my guests have assumed a lot of risk by showing up today. Um, <laughs> it's Murphy against Steeplechase Amusement Company, also known as the Flopper Case uh, by Justice Benjamin Cardozo. Uh, do you remember this one, Matt? I... I, honestly, I sort of remembered it, but then I obviously reread the whole thing. And oh, then good. And it came back to me. Yeah. Because I'm a daredevil and a ne'er do well. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I um this this one's a special one for me. This is the one um, in my torts class. My professor was uh, heavy into the Socratic method. And this is the one where I was on the hot seat. Oh man. Do you uh so um just so you know, Kathy, the the um the Socratic methods this is law school. Um basically a way of terrorizing law school students. And they just say the case of the day is such and such. And then you just call on somebody and just pepper you rapid, with questions. Rapid machine gun fire. Oh yeah. Like, artillery. And, and then you just eventually you die and then they move on to the next person. 
Oh my right. gosh. Now the only thing in film school, when I took film school, they're like, be prepared. You're going to watch this uh, Hitchcock movie for two hours and you just watch a movie. That's the only thing they surprise you with. <laughs> it's going to be up. Oh, it's going to be a Spielberg one today. And then yeah. <laughs> they never, oh, man. So they never undress you and make you feel like the stupidest person alive. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Law school is like a special kind of torture. Uh, by the way, this podcast target audience is includes law students. Um, so one of, one of the, the goals of law school is to take like 300 really, really smart people. And in the course of about a month, convince them that they're the stupidest person that ever walked <laughs> the face of the earth. Oh my like, goodness. You, just, it, you never really get over it. Cause everybody there is really smart and like everybody there got there by working hard and you're like, you're walking around you're like, am I the only person? Like, it's like, they should call it like law school featuring imposter syndrome. If you don't have it, when you arrive, you will, by the time you leave. So, um, steeplechase amusement, uh, company, uh, was at Coney Island, New York. And they had this feature, um, uh, ride, I guess you could call it called the flopper, which, uh, Justice Cardozo explains it consists of a moving belt, like a conveyor belt or like an, on a treadmill that causes passengers to be thrown backwards or aside based upon its jarring movements. And so it runs in this groove and there's padded walls and padded flooring. There's a big sign over the top that says the flopper and people get on it and they basically fall down. The flopping is your body basically being tossed around. So Murphy uh, gets on the belt and he attempted to ride the flopper along with his wife and some other friends. The belt, uh, not surprisingly, suddenly jerked and he fell down. Um, most of them weren't injured, but Murphy had a fractured kneecap. So he sued steeplechase amusement on the ground that the flopper was dangerous to life and limb because of its violent jerking. It stops and starts. And Murphy also alleged the belt was not properly equipped to prevent injury to its riders and was operated at a fast and dangerous speed. He also alleged that the belt did not contain a proper guide rail to prevent the falling down of its riders. So in this case, the court, uh, the original trial court said that Murphy won. So he got he got judgment. Oh, and wow. And steeplechase amusement appealed to the kind of the middle level, the court of appeals, which also agreed that Murphy was the winner. So he was going to get money for his broken kneecap. And so he appealed to the court of appeal in New York, which is the highest court. It's like their Supreme court. Um, and so um, I'm going to quote from the case here. Um, I, Cause I love to read Benjamin Cardozo. He is my absolute favorite. I don't know how you feel about Cardozo, Matt. I mean, he, he ranks in the top uh, hundred. Yeah, yeah. He just, you know, his writing for me, it's like, it's like the legal profession, sort of William Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. You read, read this stuff, and it's like, um, just kind of feel uplifted by the law. And so oh. he says, Cardozo, we see no adequate basis for finding that the belt was out of order. It was already in motion when the plaintiff put his foot on it. By the way, so Cardozo reversed. Car Cardozo says, No, you don't win. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So, so even though Murphy won in the trial and he won in his appeal, uh, Cardozo says, "No, no, 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 you don't win." And and, and the reason is that uh, is it, he's explaining here that's called the reasoning of the case. So that's what kind of why you lose or you win. So he cannot help himself to a verdict in such circumstances with the addition of the facile comment that it threw him with a jerk. 
one who steps upon a moving belt and finds his heels above his head is in no position to discriminate with nicety between the successive stages of the shock, between the jerk which is a cause and the jerk accompanying the fall as an instantaneous effect. Violenti non fit injuria. Huh. That's what is a, that? That's Latin. Yeah, that's Latin. Uh, oh, I love this one. <laughs> yeah, it's Latin. <laughs> One who takes such part in a sport accepts the dangers that inhere in it so far as they are obvious and necessary, just as a fencer accepts the risk of a thrust by his antagonist or a spectator at a ball game, the chance of contact with the ball. The antics of the clown are not the paces of the cloistered cleric. The rough and... The rough and boisterous joke, the horseplay of the crowd, evokes its own guffaws, but they are not the pleasures of tranquility. The plaintiff was not seeking a retreat for meditation. Biz- <laughs> he was, he, he wanted to fall. That's yeah. <laughs> that just great. The plaintiff was not seeking a retreat for meditation. <laughs> Visitors were tumbling about the belt to the merriment of onlookers when he made his choice to join them. He took the fans chance of a like fate with whatever damage to his body might ensue ensue from such a fall. The timorous must stay at home. Stop being such a wuss. (laughs) Basically he, um, he, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, if you're, if you're going to get on a ride called the flopper, uh, you're going to get flopped. That's They're basically it. Yeah, exactly. And then he says 250,000 visitors went to the flopper in a year. Some quota of accidents were to be looked in so great a mass. One might as well say that a skating rink should be abandoned because skaters sometimes fall. The holding of the case is the case went to the jury upon the theory that negligence, negligence is, uh, is the claim. They claim for for injury, right? That negligence was dependent upon a a sharp and sudden jerk. The judgment should be reversed and a new trial granted with costs. So Murphy, you lose. Oh, wow. Yeah. I do have to say that I am, well, I'm laid off now, but I am a former Disneyland employee. And our first, there's behind the wall, I'm going behind the Mickey wall. There's four keys. And our first key is safety. So I wonder if it has anything to do because of that stuff. Oh, so so you're saying Disney actually cares about the safety of the visitors yeah, to the Magic Kingdom. They do. Like there's four keys. And uh-huh. one thing is safety. And that's what the one thing you have to look after. And I wonder if like it's because of this. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, if, if they put the flopper at Disneyland, you know, how would they make it safe? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the 19, you said this was the 1920s. I don't, right? have, the, I don't have the year in here, but it'd be the 1920s, 1930s, yeah, something like they that. They didn't care about safety no. at all. They didn't like the flopper was like, and they probably had something that like electrocuted you. And they said, there's <laughs> <laughs> an electrocutor. And yeah, like, oh, yeah. The kids. Yeah, like, like what well, the flopper, you know, everything at like California Adventure. One of the things that's so interesting about the Disney, you know, a couple of years back, they're like, you know, nobody's going to California Adventure. We need to get more Disney into it. So like if California Adventure would be the one that would have the flopper, I would think, you know, and they would like rename it like, like, I don't know, after somebody in cars, like, like Mater's Flip Around or something like (laughs) that. Yeah. 
I, I grew up on Long Island, uh, New York, tri-state area. There were a lot of very dangerous parks. Really? Parks. A lot of activity. Action Park, they did that documentary about how many people got killed there. Oh, my gosh. I, mean, I felt like that was part of the fun. It was like, you know, 100 families go in, 99 families come out. <laughs> Maybe not even 99. 97 families come out. That's in a good year. You bring six children you don't really have room for six children in your car anyway. <laughs> That's insane. But I will say some of the rides, like you just, you just kind of knew you were going to tear something. Oh yeah. So, like, but, but I do, I, I do think, you know, this sort of led to them, you know, regulating these rides and saying, Hey, we shouldn't have some of these things, right? Like we shouldn't have skydiving or, Whatever, but people are always going to want to do things that are risky. Yeah. I'm thinking like, so I'm just, I'm picturing when you call the flopper, I'm just picturing like a really, really, like just a belt. And that's all, like just some rubber belt going around and around. It's like a boring, it's, it almost seems like you go to the airport, yeah. you get on the baggage claim thing, and then it just speeds up and you fall. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, or a treadmill or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. the treadmill fail video. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's a treadmill that just stops and starts really fast. Yeah. It wasn't very imaginative <laughs> as a ride. Yeah, I was researching to get this case ready, and there's some uh, law review article which I did not read that <laughs> there was um, uh, some kind of like prejudice that that Cardozo just was looking down on Coney Island. I mean, like, you know, if you go into Coney Island, like you deserve to to get hurt. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Right. It was like, you know, he was like, look, you go down there with the, you know, the underclass, he, you know, he's he being he's like, you're going to get hurt. You know, the, the rabble, they like to get hurt. They like to mix it up. It was probably like like the person in charge is probably like a eight year old drifter be like, here you go, man. There you go. Top of the morning. Here you go. go I mean, the they, they certainly weren't checking the machine every day. No. <laughs> <laughs> the amount that you save on safety inspections with the flopper, they're like, yeah, like, like they're like, you're, you, you're a newsie. You, <laughs> you sell balloons. You, you do the dart thing. You, you operate the flopper. Yeah. It's like, so, yeah. You know, what is yeah, basically the operation of a flopper is you turn it on and then you turn it off when somebody's leg is caught in it. <laughs> That's the end of the day. That's pretty That's, much how it goes. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I do think though, you know, like the whole assumption of risk legal issue. You know, I think I don't think that just signing a waiver means you shouldn't be allowed to sue a place if there is some sort of faulty operation of it, even if it's a dangerous thing. Right. Honestly. Lynn, they make, you save, they make you sign waivers like for kids going to a playground nowadays. Right. Like, but if like the kid, if the thing falls and completely falls, like it's their fault. Like, you know, right. the slide does fall. Hello. Right. Exactly. Like I, I think there's a, there's a good middle ground, which is like, yes, we want to let these companies operate and, have these fun activities and like some sort of element of risk, but at the same time, like if the thing malfunctions, you still got to be able to sue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like every ride should maybe come with an insurance policy and it should be priced based upon the actual risk involved in force 
absorption, you know, like a law and economics analysis. Right. So you're in cause the risk to be internalized. So the price for the flopper, I guess in the 1930s, you know, right. would have been like a dollar because you're ensuring that, you know, out of all these people, somebody's going to get hurt at some point in time. And so if you, it's like, go on the flopper, if you get hurt, don't worry. You right. know, you'll pay for it. It if comes with insurance. The, right. If you go on the finger chopper, you probably have to pay more. <laughs> yeah. That one's four dollars. That's a more expensive. Like, yeah, I'm sure. For me, the World's Fair, like just hearing stories about the World's Fair seems like the scariest thing in the world. Like to go there and see the first time electricity and to have like an elephant and oh, like that just seems that olden days fun seems scary. So World's Fair. Coney Island, it just seems so scary to me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I read uh, the other day, you know, we live literally in the safest time ever to raise children. Mm -hmm. The the chance of infant mortality, kids getting hurt, injured, maimed, dying of things is the lowest it's ever been. But people are more hesitant than ever to have children. And, you know, so much so that the birth rate dropped during the uh, pandemic. Um, significantly people, you know, wait and, and, and they want to have kids, but it's never been safer in the, in the days of the flopper. It was like, like, you oh, know, yeah. you're, I mean, I remember like, you know, you, when in the olden days you would get on a, like a Ferris wheel or a roller coaster and like, there was no height limit for a kid. So you would just see these kids falling off the Ferris wheel down and dying. You know, you just see them slide off, uh. you know, they would just slide down off the top of the Ferris wheel and you go. Oh, yeah. Another kid. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's why we have, you know, big families. Yeah, that's right. See, probability. Not- yeah. Math. If, if Murphy lost this, then why? That means that the because because he lost it, right? He lost the. Yeah. Ultimately, he lost. So that means that the amusement park didn't have to suffer through anything. So. So they didn't even change any of their laws or like no law was changed from this, like no being more protective. Well, I mean, within the within the little world of this case, I mean, it could have been that they stopped running the flopper later or that the the um, legislature got involved and made safety restrictions. Uh-huh. Um, but within the the universe of this case is kind of what all we're looking at Um by the way, that's why lawyers are uh, have um, some issues because um, we like partition things off in our minds. Like we're just looking at this case. We're not looking at, you know, like like how that could affect society because then I get really depressed. <laughs> but but um, but so in the world of this case, Steeplechase Amusement Company, the only thing they paid was their attorneys. Oh, wow. Right. They that's- didn't. They didn't end up having to pay for his broken kneecap. And I got to think, even in the 30s, like they must have been defending it on principle because taking a case all the way to the highest court in New York has got to be a lot more expensive than paying for someone's fractured kneecap. Like this Murphy guy must have been married to a Rockefeller or something like a Murphy. Like he seems like some Irish dude. Like, I wouldn't think that he would have fought it. He would have been like, oh, I got a broken kneecap. I don't know why he's English. Um, <laughs> there are Murphys in England. Sure. Oh, I got a broken kneecap. I came over. I'm, I'm three degrees removed from the Duchess of Worcestershire. And I got a broken kneecap. Let me go for your list. Like, I think 
I think your accent's a little bit high class, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to uh, Death Park. Uh, welcome to Death Park, guys. Come on in. Yay. Oh, Thanks. honey, I'm so glad we decided to celebrate our anniversary here. It's been five years, and we already have three children. Oh, my oh this is great. I'm so happy for you guys. You have three beautiful, oh, three, two beautiful children. Oh, yeah, uh, don't look at little Bucky. <laughs> yeah, his face shouldn't be like that. No, I really, I really shouldn't. Has he been here before? It looks like he might have been on the face slicer. Oh, there's, you have the face slicer? We've got the face slicer. I thought, you know, that's you probably read about it in the paper. Come, come see the face slicer. Oh my goodness. Honey, we have to do the face sliders face slicer first thing. Oh uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of we got the face slicer. We have uh the uh the wife cleaner we, we, cleaner i am I, I do most of the cleaning at home he doesn't even care about cleaning yeah my wife's not dirty at all no well it's uh it's it's a euphemism it's uh wife cleaner it means you know your wife comes in please. i sleep with the fishes another like euphemism <laughs> me you know look uh, we have a husband cleaner here too Oh, we, we don't discriminate. Well, uh, I think I need to be cleaned. Yeah, we, we, we've got a lot of great family rides for people who are very happy with their marriage. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that surely is a swell thing. You know, uh, your kids do. You know, we, we have something called Can't Afford Three Kids. That's a good ride, too. Oh, that sounds like a good yeah, one. It's, getting... it's, it's three tubes. And two of the tubes go all the way into where you can get, well. You the alligator pond over at the far end? Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, the alligator pond. Oh, I, kids, do you think you want to go on the, what's it called again? What's that ride called? It's, it's called Three Kids Are Too Many. Three Kids Are Too Many. Hey, kids, do you want to go on Three Kids Are Too Many? Uh, I don't know. I'm too cool and bossy and really the pain in the neck of the family. Why would you want me to go? Yeah, 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 Dad, even though I don't have a face, you guys love me anyway, so I'm so glad to be here. Well, I do love you, Bucky. Hmm. But no. I, I think maybe you should ride on that ride. Both you, Sherry, and Bucky, I think you really ought to go on that ride. Yeah, Becky, son, come on. You'll love that ride. What about me? What about what about everyone always forgets about me? You guys don't ever let me go on any rides or do anything fun ever. Well, we generally have a policy at our park that uh, we don't allow stumps. Oh, that hurts my feelings. Well, back in the 30s that we're in right now, we are allowed to insult people with all manner of horrible phrases. And, and plus, you make a really good coal miner because you're so, you know, you're still. Oh, that's true. I have been working for the family for a very long time since dad got laid off from the button factory. Yeah, so we we don't need you to ride that ride. Well, I suggest, yeah, I suggest we don't put Stumpy through the threes too many because I assure you, alligators find stumps to be quite tasty. 
Oh, I really want to go on that ride, but okay. We got to later in the park. Hey, 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 park owner. Thanks again for your, all your suggestions. Where um, is your family? Uh, I got I got my husband clean and I got three is enough. Oh, well, so it's just you and the little one. Yeah, it's just me. Going to have him working in the coal mines. Yeah, Whoa. mom. <laughs> I'm hope, not going to miss dad at all. Well, I hope you'll recommend us to all of your friends. Oh, I sure will. All those ladies I have coffee with, some of their husbands are real pain in the you-know-wheres. Oh. I love this park. You know, might, might I ask you uh, to 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 give a recommendation, you know, sort of a, a commercial for the park. We like to have satisfied customers to say a few words about what sure. they love about the park. I'm Maggie Smith, and I sure do love this park. I started off with a husband that I couldn't stand and two kids that were just eating up house and home. But now, because of this park, I'm a happy mother of one. I'm Stumpy Smith, and I have approved this message. Well, thank you kindly. And won't you come again if you ever find yourself in need of a just a, a freer a freer life an even freer life if you catch my drift <laughs> yes i catch it we cut to a, a a church basement there's a coffee pot in the corner and women sitting in a in a circle of folding chairs hello ladies hello how are you today we had the most I, I really wanted to hear about Maggie's uh, recent vacation. Oh, it was wonderful. I went to a park and now I have no husband and two of my children are gone forever. Oh, I've heard of this park. Yes. It's so wonderful. You know, I don't have to feed my husband. I don't have to take his unwanted looks and stares. Oh, I, I know what you mean. Bob was always looking at me, too. I'm sorry to bring this up now. It's probably irrelevant and just hurtful that I'm bringing it up. But, you know, Bob used to stare at me very awkwardly. Yes, the stares. The stares of a husband. He, Yeah, every time I was didn't even want to come over to your house anymore. The amount that he would just stare at me. and, yeah. and you, didn't, you, you didn't by any chance get rid of this. The stumpy, the stumpy one, because I've heard that uh, they're going to start paying uh, disability benefits. If you've heard of such a thing. Oh, wow. I've never heard of such a thing in the coal mine. Wow. Even more money for me. Yes. Yes. There's all these new laws and regulations. Apparently, they're going to be paying all sorts of disability benefits to injured children. Uh, But I I, I did hear that they, they are going to exclude any parks. Wow, that Franklin Delano Roosevelt sure is changing things around here. Changing them for the worse, I would say. This is absolutely terrible. Who's going to pay for it? Oh, oh, we're, you know, we're the working class. I think we're fine. Not me. You see me here with my monocle and my gold-tipped cane paying for all of you to drink coffee down here. I'm not going to pay for you all to have these disability benefits no 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 this is rochester i did not see you 
Where? You're just lurking in the corner. You see me now. I was drinking all your free coffee, which I've paid for with my generous contributions to this church. It'll never make up for all your evil deeds. One of these days, Mr. Roosevelt. My will... evil deeds are just using the law to my own benefit. <laughs> One of these days, I hope that Roosevelt packs the court. It will teach you a lesson. Yeah, people that care about the middle class, not yeah. you pretty rich. Yeah, the Supreme Court justices. Ooh. We cut to the Supreme Court. Well, boys, <laughs> what should we do about all of these damn Jews? Oh, man. <laughs> They're crowding it. The whole New York City. Of- oh, God. All Have you the tried other- a bagel? Have you tried oh. a bagel? Oh, they are delicious. It's- they are. I they are delicious. I- it's troubling. The bagels are so good. So good. The legal theories are so good. We may have to let a few on the court after all. You're quiet there, Benjamin. What do you have to say? Oh, yes. Well, I'm just going to clean off my yarmulke first. Oh, are you? And, oh, I'm, sorry. And, um, I'm you. not offended at all. Uh, please, um, I, I you know, just, it's, you know, it's Wednesday, the first time we've had, so that's what we talk about. This is the first about. time we've had a Jew on the Supreme Court. I've, I lose my manners. It's absolutely fine. Uh, you know, uh, I've... Uh, I'm used to it at this point in time. Please proceed with your usual Wednesday uh, comments about Jews. And then I believe um, Thursday is um, uh, some other ethnicity. And then Friday's women. We should move on to some, some, some pressing matters. Um, have, have you heard about these, these dangerous rides? There's, there's these rides at these parks. That apparently there's something called the, the, the floppy Flappy. Yes, I heard they're they're adequately getting rid of the lower class. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Um, the Rochester family dropped off a suitcase full of money in the front lobby of the Supreme Court the other day. I believe they're the owner of Death Park. I don't know why there's a suitcase full of money in the front lobby of the Supreme Court. Well, we should enjoy it, shouldn't we? I mean, we should divvy it up. Should we divvy it up eight ways or nine? Eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's not 12? What am I thinking of? Well, uh, let me see well, how much money. Well, Roosevelt does want there to be 12, but then the bribery would be split many more ways. It would be more expensive. Mm-hmm. Let me see. This suitcase has 1,000, 2,000, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Nine thousand dollars. That that divides up nicely by nine. Divides evenly by nine. I don't know how you divide that by twelve. No, you wouldn't be able to. It would be, be just some yeah. fraction. So I guess I guess then we should probably decide on the legalities of of, of dangerous park devices. Then <laughs> yes, and yeah, let me based, see. Based purely on the law, not based on the, the right, suitcase. Right. Absolutely, a suitcase of the money. S- Yes, the suitcase of money has nothing to let's, do with it. Right. Let's not let's not have the law in one hand and the suitcase of money in the other. Let's let's just purely logic and reason. I mean, have you seen that nice Ford car that's out? Oh, I have seen yes. it. Oh, it looks you know, luxurious. a suitcase of money would make me have that. I have heard that it retails for nine ninety nine. Oh my goodness. 
That mm. would be perfect for that suitcase full of money. But yes, but yes, but I mean, let's let's at least give a think to making our yeah. parks a bit safer, shouldn't yeah. we? Yes. Have a mm. think a minute. Just mull it. Mm. Mm. Mullet. Mm. Mm. Mullet. Mm. That's, that's a good fish. Mullet. Mullet. It is. Good it's a good haircut too. Mullet's a good haircut. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> it seems to be catching on uh, the uh, lower classes. Yes. Oh. Oh, I think I've got it. So, the amusement park is for the lower classes, and we've got more than enough of them anyway. Right. More than enough. More, more than more enough. Than. So, I think we use the application of numerology mm. from the case of Smith against Wesson. Mm. Smith against Wesson, when it said the one with the greater numbers is the one that more, may more easily be reduced. Oh, very good. I I second that. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about that Ford again. Mm, I can't mm. wait to show it to the missus. I'm sorry. No, you are. Yes, uh, I think I think you're quite right. And, you know, look, there's got to be some sort of assumption of risk. When you are poor, you assume all kinds of risks. You know, cholera, plague, uh, syphilis. We what don't is, want them. Yes, we don't want them to be healthy or survive. Well, they just drag down more, the wealthy. Right. What is one more risk to be added to the pile of just of misfortune? I'd rather yeah. die in an amusement park than in my bed because of cholera. Case ah. decided. That settles that. We cut to a Ford dealership. Hello, what can I do to get you into that Ford? What a wow, is that a robe you're wearing? Yes, it's a black robe because I am a, a judge of the high court. Oh, you know, I heard they make very, very little money. Oh, we do, but a suitcase has fallen upon me. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And I would like this, this beautiful black Ford car. It's beautiful. I'll tell you what, we're having a little problem with them. Let's just say our, 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 our brakes aren't quite up to snuff uh, you know just every now and then one of them will fail and okay. somebody might get hurt but but i'll give you one where i can assure you that brakes work and you could look you could pay me the thousand or you could pay me 500 but then you could take your robes and you go make a decision there right. should be a, a a case appearing before you uh ford versus a bunch of dead people oh. and should you decide on behalf of Ford, I could see nine robed justices cruising down the 405. <laughs> oye, oye, oye. The Supreme Court of the United States now in session, all matters and people who have business before the Supreme Court come forward. Our first case on the docket today, Ford against a bunch of dead people. Mm. You may begin your oral arguments, Counselor. Yes, uh, Your Honor, I, I'm, I'm, I have, I've come humbly before you on behalf of thousands of deceased people who simply bought an automobile that was deemed to be safe and literally just were driving straight and literally just tried to press on the brakes to stop. And there were no brakes. This should be an open and shut case, I would think, for all in all your almighty wisdom to make these monsters pay. And can I ask you, why are there nine gentlemen with suitcases behind you? Yes, I have many questions about this case. Uh, many, many questions. First, what did you have for breakfast? Yes. 
uh, well, I'm sorry. What is what is my dietary need? Well, this is a Socratic method. I see nine nine suitcases full of money, and I want, you know, I understand that we apply the Socratic method here at the Supreme Court, since I am the Chief Justice. Justice. I would like um, to know, how are you feeling today? This seems very unorthodox to me. I feel well, and I had salmon. Oh, well, that's good for me. Uh, excuse me, uh, what is your reference to, Orthodox? I'm sorry, I, I, I look. Uh, and another question. Um, what are those suitcases made out of? Mm. Uh, they are made out of leather. Ooh, very nice. No, pigskin. Mm. Oh! I feel that I may have offended you, Justice. Can I back up? Can I start over? What well, absolutely. Gonna read you. Wait, you win. I, I say you win. That's what I say. I say win. We we love Ford and your many suitcases with your nine men and suitcases. I I mean that's just me. As um, as as the as the attorney for the thousands of dead people, I say this is an outrage. Oh, you're the dead it seems, person it guy. Seems, it seems to me that you're ruling uh, based on my colleague showing up with suitcases. And uh, and and uh, seeming to be doing favors for the justices. Yeah, that's um, what's happening. Hi, I'm the attorney for Ford. Do, do I get to speak at some point? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. Um, my name is Attorney Joe Suitcase. Mm. I'm here on behalf of the Ford Motor Company in this case against a bunch of dead people, mm. and. I have, um, so this case presents a question of what happens when uh, a vehicle um, overruns several people. And the question that you should ask yourself, uh, 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 Justices, is what's in the car? Mm. Is it suitcases? Perhaps suitcases full of money? Because mm. if it is full of suitcases full of money, then clearly the people who are run over by the car assumed the risk mm. of being injured by mm. an overloaded car full of suitcases full of money. Mm. I rest my case. Wow. Compelling. Compelling. I can see that I will not be receiving a fair hearing today. As on behalf of the thousands of dead people, I say for shame, for shame. Oh, oh, go cry to your precious president. We're the Supreme Court here, okay? You know what? I will cry to my to. I will cry to my president. And I will demand that he puts four or five more justices, justices that are incorruptible, justices that won't be wooed by suitcases or beautiful Ford. Oh, that is it. Beautiful car. It is. It's so nice. And it would, smells so good. Would, would there possibly be a way to fit one more suitcase into this courtroom? We cut to the Oval Office. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The fear of success. The fear of progress. Oh, hello. I'm just practicing my speech. Hello. It's a, my press secretary over there. And who have, you, who have you brought in with me today? Is that a lawyer? Yes, a lawyer that um, feels he was unjustly um, ruled upon by the Supreme Court. Oh, please, please have a seat. Have a seat. Yes, uh, President. As you can Roosevelt. see, I'm already seated. 
Yes, President Roosevelt. Too soon? I, Too I, soon? I, I would, you know, I, I will, uh, I, should I have, should I have, should I have been in a wheelchair? Is that, is that the proper protocols to? Oh, no, that'd be mocking. We don't. That's oh. so insensitive. Oh, I'm so, so oh, insensitive. So, I'm deeply oh, offended. I, no, my apologies. I, I don't know the protocols. I've never, I've never appeared before a president let alone a disabled one. I did not want to mock you. What I, what oh, I wanted to make... Don't keep on pointing it out. Don't, oh, don't keep I, on Oh, my God. You're gosh. just walking a narrow plank. You've this, got a you've got an audience with the president, and you make disability jokes. No, I, I meant to come before you because I have an issue relating to disability. There are all of these... There are millions of people in this country who are working their fingers to the bone only to have those fingers chopped off at the hands of big corporations like Ford and Death Park. There's a park where they literally shoot people into alligator pits and they just sign waivers that say, I am now liable if if my child goes into an alligator pit. And I say these justices who are ruling in favor of these corporations, I've seen them with bags of money and you are an incorruptible president. And I say, we need more justices for more justice. Well, I think more justices is an excellent idea, but I'm also interested. Do you think the Works Progress Administration might build one of these death parks? You know, we do need to make more jobs during this great, great, great depression. But Mr. President, the death parks, you got polio from the polio shot ride. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Perhaps maybe we should rebrand them as something other than death parks. We should perhaps call them life parks or 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 jobs parks or or, or some other type of park other than death. What say you, Mister Lawyer? Action park, park actually. Oh. Would be a good name, Adventureland. Oh, maybe I'm in perhaps. favor of adventure. Yes, yes. Farm. I'm sorry, farm of what? Not very far. Of far, yeah, I, 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 oh. I do. I do believe you'll 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 create a lot of jobs and it'll revive the economy. I, I do believe that polio land was a was an ill-fated idea. It was a bad idea. Good yes, bad. It, was it was a bad good. idea. Yes, polio is overrated. That was that was uh, you know look that was a mistake. But uh, so yeah, I think I think we've I think we've accomplished a lot, a great deal here in my visit. We cut to the offices of the Works Progress Administration. Gentlemen? Yes. Yes. Ladies? Yes. Uh, I see you are uh, the last to sign up for the uh, WPA. Uh, most of the, the bridge building has been done, and the uh, demolition work has, has been done. Um, so right now we're moving on to the president's pet agenda. Um, it's, it, it's a part called... Um, uh, uh, shards, shards of glass. Shards of glass park. Yeah. Uh, so here are these plastic gloves, and uh, don't, don't die. Well, this is so exciting. I mean, really exciting. It's yeah, I just, yeah, I just too. immigrated from. My name is Murphy. I just immigrated from England, you know, and I'm very excited to work here at the Works Progress Administration in Britain. You know, we don't have a jobs guarantee, but here oh. in America, here in America, you can walk in the door, and next day you're working at Shards of Glass Park. Oh, oh what a country! Best. It's the best. God bless America. God bless My America. country. 
my country. Oh, I see you're waving as though you're in a parade. <laughs> no, I just waving to America. Oh, yes. Hello, America. Hello, America. Well, enough of the fraternizing. Um, you know, the, this glass won't uh, won't lay itself down into a circle that's impossible to get out of without slicing many of your veins. Oh. Well, let's get to it then, shall yeah. we? Spit spot to to the new America, where where amusement parks are just as good as national parks. We cut to the front entrance of Shards of Glass Park. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Mommy. Mommy. I don't know if I want to go in there. After working in a coal mine, I'm not so sure I want shards of glass. Well, honey, FDR. Oh, FDR. Yes. You're doing it for America, son. Oh, oh, America. This is America's amusement park. It's the most patriotic thing you can do. Okay, whatever you say, new dad. Come on, come on, come on. Ah, new dad, new dad is so patriotic. Oh, 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 it's, oh, you're taking me on the shards of glass slide. The first oh, yes, shards of glass, glass slide. Do we do it together, son? Please don't call me son, new dad. I'll stop calling you new dad and just I'll call, call you, you Tim. Steven. All right, I'll call you Tim. Okay, I, Steven. Okay, Tim, new dad, I, Tim. I, I would have thought if I... By taking you, you know, I thought by taking you to an amusement park, we would get over some of our issues. Well, you don't <laughs> stare at all those women like old dad used to, you know. We cut back to the ladies' luncheon. And that's Hello. how I got rid of my other son and my new husband. <laughs> Thank you, FDR. Thank you, FDR. What a, what Thank a you, FDR. What a hunk. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story is big government spending always takes, <laughs> takes the cake. Exactly. All right. So the third part of laying down the law is uh, laying down the pretense. This is where I interview you, ask you some real questions and get to know each of you. So my first question is for Matt. Yes. Uh, this is a two-part question. Is cereal soup and is a hot dog a sandwich? Why or why not? These are very easy questions. <laughs> cereal is not soup because soup is hot. Gazpacho is not soup for the same reason. <laughs> soup is not soup if it's cold. Soup is not soup if it's cold. Okay? I try okay. to be clear about that. A hot dog is a sandwich. I know this is a bit controversial, but I think sandwich to me is anything with a piece of something that is different from the other two things that are above and below it. But that thing above it and below it have to be the same thing. Well, it's in a taco also a sandwich. Ah. Mm. Mm. Yes. yes. <laughs> I believe it's just a translation thing. Yes. And a chalupa is a club sandwich. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. Next question is for Kathy. Kathy, if peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would you call it? Oh man, that good stuff that's in Arisa's pieces. Like <laughs> that's what good stuff. I would call it oh, peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter. Oh my gosh. I would just, yeah, like 
magic gold. <laughs> magic gold? Yeah, because it's it, so good. It'd be like an, a magic gold and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Mm. It's good stuff, man. Like sold by pepper. leprechauns. <laughs> <laughs> so Matt, what's the secret conspiracy that you would like to start? You, QAnon is taken, but if you could think of another conspiracy that you could start, what would it be? Uh, that the earth is round. <laughs> oh, Nobody that, started that one yet, huh? Oh, wow. That would, yeah. that would change people's perceptions entirely. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that blow their minds? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> if, they, if they found out that the earth is round and it orbits something else. <laughs> yeah, that would be completely mind-blowing. All right, this one's for Kathy. What's the weirdest smell you've ever smelled? Um, the weirdest smell I've ever smelled was, uh, for some reason, I thought that I could have, uh, speaking of soups, I thought you could have clam chowder later. So I put it in a Tupperware and I forgot, like this was the New England clam chowder and I forgot about it. And it was like, just bad. Like, I guess it's the clams and it was just bad after a couple of days. And I, I think that's the worst smell. Mm. Oh, that sounds really bad. Yeah. I would say uh, mi microwaved salmon. Ew. Is, that's the grossest. I one time uh, I at, <laughs> at my old law firm, I one time Ew. brought in leftover salmon and I was like, oh, I guess I'll heat it up in the microwave. And that is like the biggest office faux pas you can possibly commit is microwaving fish in a common oh. kitchen. Just, and like the entire oh. entire kitchen was like, you did what? It was like, it was like as though I had broken this unwritten rule. I never went in the kitchen again. I was just, <laughs> just humiliated. Matt, what mythical creature would improve the world most if it existed? Mm. Um I, I, you know what? I, I like uh, Falcor from The Neverending Story. That, that that guy seemed like he was he's just a good guy, you know. What's, you I don't he, remember the Falcor. Remember him with like this big white fluffy thing? Like oh a, yeah, yeah. A dragon, but like a but like a nice dragon, you know, who's just kind of like your buddy. Oh yeah. Like a dragon, no, like not trying to harm anybody. Just like a dragon that's like able to travel with. Like it basically just like another. Basically, I'm just saying a private jet service that's <laughs> days. Sort of, yeah, like it's like it looks and acts like a dog, but it yeah, takes you places. That's what he was. He was a dog that takes you places. He was he was like if he had the personality of Clifford the big red dog, but he was a dragon, so he could take you places. Yeah, I have to agree. I think you I think you got the correct answer. Yeah, dragons are good. Yeah. yeah. So by the way, these do all have right and wrong answers. Oh, oh good. Uh, <laughs> so far you've gotten them all right. So that's really good. Um Kathy, what inanimate object do you most wish you could eliminate from existence? Inanimate object? What inanimate object do you wish you could eliminate from existence altogether? I, I would have to say those weird egg shape um, shavers that shave your, your, uh, your heels, they're just disgusting. <laughs> Head eggs. Head eggs. I'm gonna get rid of him. Uh, you, like, I'm so sorry you said that with was wrong answer because head oh, eggs no. was gonna be my next sponsor of this podcast. Oh no. Yeah. Sorry. Laying down the law brought to you by the ped egg. 
But like, can, can, I, can I also throw out an answer to that one? Yes. Because I just was thinking about inanimate objects. I would get rid of metal bed frame corners that break your ankles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is right. That's my scourge. Right. That's a scourge in my life. That's a scourge in my life. Oh yeah, like the you mean like the like the metal like the the thing that sticks out at the end. And you're walking around the yes. bed. It just takes you out. Yeah, that's the scourge of my existence. Oh god, those that's, are that's yeah. Kind of, I mean, skin like the sheds of skin is disgusting, but that's pretty. That's more. Oh awful. yeah, that's like more painful. Yeah. So, so we like we we you know we have pain and we have disgust. Yeah. Two pretty important. <laughs> That's pretty much what people experience when that's what people come to laying down the law for pain and disgust. Um, okay. So I'm going to put you both on the spot and ask you, do you have any joke, joke memorized joke, joke, like a joke, joke. Oh, like why did chicken cross the road? Get the other side type of joke. Oh man. I don't. You know, I've got a, I've got a few, but I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the, uh, the PC levels are, you know, this sounds dangerous go ahead i'm just kidding no i you know i just saw on the internet some there was a i don't know if you guys saw on twitter today they were they were were, people were they did a poll about which animals people thought they could beat up did you see that today there was a thing where like yeah it was like do you think you could take on a a, like a like a dog or an eagle or a goose or whatever and then it like went all the way up to bear and there were like some people about the Beat up a bear. A bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the old joke of um, these two hikers are uh, in a, a really remote area of Yellowstone and they spot a bear and they start freaking out. And uh, the first hiker bends down and he starts uh, putting on his sneakers. And the second hiker goes, are you crazy? You can't outrun a bear. And the first hiker goes, no, nah, I, don't, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> That's a good joke, joke. Classic. That's a good joke, joke. All right. Well, um, I want to give you both a chance to shamelessly self-promote. Matt, what's coming soon from you? Uh, well, you know, coming. I don't know what's coming soon, but you can you can watch. I have a speaking of jokes. I've got a documentary about the history of dirty jokes. It's called Tasteless. It's out on Amazon. I've got my stand-up album called Forty Year Old Version. That uh, is also out on you know iTunes or Spotify, and you can just follow me on um, on Instagram, Matt Ritter One, and Twitter the same. I, I'm gonna have a bunch of tour dates coming up probably in the fall. So summer, I'm just gonna be you know relaxing now that we're finally out and about. Awesome, Kathy. What's coming soon from you? Well, I got my at Squirrel Convo, which is the Super Squirrel Conversation podcast. So you can listen to that. And you can listen to all 16 episodes of Guide for Clueless Rich People that's out on um, wherever you listen to podcasts too. And then, yes, please follow at You're on Mute uh, so you can see when our shows are, our live stream shows. Or maybe it's Real life, it might be live. And before we go, I want to give a shout out to, uh, as a public service announcement, to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Suicide's obviously not a funny issue. It's a serious issue. But if you know someone who's thinking about suicide or feels depressed, someone you're worried about, or you yourself want emotional support, the Lifeline Network is always available 24-7, 365, everywhere in the United States. 
273-8255. You can talk to someone right now or anytime. The Lifeline is available to everyone. It's free and it's totally confidential. 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. Laying Down the Law is a product of Beyond Unreasonable Doubt. It's produced by Jeffrey Feitner and Verboten Productions. Our music is Galactic Damages by Jingle Punk. Our cover art is courtesy of The Mighty Q. I want to thank all of our listeners. And if you're enjoying the show, please tell somebody or make us a review, leave a rating, whatever. Help us reach more people. It helps us make better shows. If you want to tweet at me at Max Hedrum ESQ with questions, comments, suggestions, show ideas, feedback, whatever. I'm your host, Billy D. Clerk. And I'm vaxxed, waxed, and ready to get live on stage again. Thanks to our hosts, Matt Ritter and Kathy Eller, and goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.